Hey everybody, welcome back to the Island Podcast. My name is Brian. I will be your host and fellow Islander on this little episode. You know, one of my favorite parts of public speaking, and this may say more about me than I care to acknowledge, but whether I'm speaking at a corporate thing or when I used to speak at church things, I loved standing while I was talking and watching people fall asleep while I talked. Now, I'll admit, early on, it used to offend me. I mean, you think about it. Let's say that I came to your place of business just to watch you do your thing, and you were so boring that I just curled up and took a nap. So I used to get offended, but then I turned and I, you know, I, I found it kind of funny, especially back in the church days. You know what? I get it. I, I totally get it. You know, you're in a quiet room. You're your kids are off being taken care of somewhere else. You've had a busy week. Now, for some reason, all of a sudden, we started to turn the lights really down low, so it's dark. You've just listened to a guy in skinny jeans sing repetitive music over and over again. So when the speaker dude comes up, you know you got about 35, 40 minutes of uninterrupted peacetime. Big crowd. Maybe no one will see you. Guess what? I can see you. Yeah, you. Yeah, I, I see you fighting it. That's my favorite part. Most of the time, it's guys. I'll, I'll be honest. Probably 90% of the time, it's a guy falling asleep. And while I'm talking and scanning the crowd and trying to make connection, I love to just come back and check in on Bobblehead Joe just to see how he's doing. Because, man, it takes a while. You know, it's not just a sudden thing. You know, It, it, it takes a while. He's shifting his seat, crossing his arms, resting his hand. He's doing everything he can to stay awake, but he is fighting the battle. I love that. Well, the reason I bring this up is because tonight's character is a young guy named Eutychus. And I already know that his name doesn't start with the letter U, like the it sucks to be you thing, but it sounds like a U, and he fits our criteria. He is a minor character that only appears one time in this story, and then he disappears, but his little appearance says a lot, I think, not only about God, it says things about Paul, the guy who was speaking, and it says a lot about this young guy named Eunicus and his friends, and we'll get to all that here in a minute. So let me set the stage a little bit. You know, when it comes to the Bible, you're going to hear the names of some major players come again and again. If it's the Old Testament, you're going to hear names like Moses and David and Abraham, some of those guys. But if it's the New Testament, one name you're going to hear over and over again is the guy named Paul. Paul was, he, he was an animal as far as starting churches and traveling and these journeys that he went on. He was a big deal. And so what he would do, he would just go from little town to little town to little town. And whenever Paul was coming to town, it was a big deal. They would have a gathering. It would be like a rally. And that's what the background is for this little story that I'm going to read. So he was in this little town, and I'm just going to read to you. It says, We met on Sunday to worship and celebrate the Master's Supper. Paul addressed the congregation. Our plan was to leave first thing in the morning. But Paul talked on way past midnight. We were meeting in a well-lighted upper room. And that's kind of cool that he says that. Uh, and, and I'm a kind of a history nerd. So let me show you what that might have looked like real quick. 
See, th this is a picture of what a little neighborhood may have looked like way back then. And you can see that several of these little houses were two-story. But the one that I'm showing you, we're going to find out a minute here in the story that they were in a three-story building, a three-story house. And it would have looked kind of like this. On the bottom level is where they would have kept the livestock, or the animals would have come in to stay safe and warm and dry. But then the second level there would have been the main living area for the family. Most houses back then were just two-story, but the house of the more prominent citizens, they would have added a third story to be able to cool off in the evening or to hold special events like this one. So now, back to the story. A young man named Eutychus, there he is, there's our star, was sitting in an open window. As Paul went on and on, like many preachers do, let's be honest, Eutychus fell asleep and toppled out the third-story window. When they picked him up, he was dead. He was dead. Look, look, it sucks to be Eutychus. Can you agree with me on that? So again, let's set this scene. This famous guy, Paul, he's getting ready to leave town the next day. And like many preachers do, once he got the stage, he didn't know when to shut up. So this young guy, you got to give credit to Eutychus for even being there. He's a young guy. The room's probably packed. We just read that it's well-lighted, so it's warm, probably at the end of a long day. And this kid's pretty smart. He decides, I'm going to go on the outer wall. And they didn't have glass in the windows. He just props himself there in the windowsill. But as Paul went on and on and on, somewhere along the way, poor Eutychus fell asleep, fell out the window, all the way to the ground, dead. So now let me finish the story. Paul went down, stretched himself on him, and hugged him hard. No more crying, he said. There's life in him yet. Then Paul got up and served the master's supper and went on telling stories of the faith until dawn. On that note, they left, Paul going one way, the congregation going another, leading the boy off alive. And that's the story. That's it. That's all we know about young Eutychus right there. Now, there's a main question that I want to deal with in this episode, and that question is, if I fall, if I hit a hard time in my life, will anyone around me notice? I want to get to that in a few moments. But before I do that... I want to hit a couple other things that this story makes me think of. First of all, you fellow preachers out there, and I used to be one, so I get it. Shut up, right? Know when to stop. You know, nothing's worse. You've been in a crowd before. Just know when to land the plane. That's all I'll say about that. Here's the second thing. I do want to give props to Paul because however this played out, somebody had to get Paul's attention and say, hey, hey Paul, we got an issue I think a kid just fell out the window. And here's where I want to give props to Paul. Instead of sending somebody else down there, Paul stopped what he was doing to go attend to this crisis. Now, if you follow my personal page, you know that one of the only things that I still do in the pastor world is I do a lot of funerals and life celebration services. Do you know why I do so many? Because a lot of people, a lot of families that I deal with that do go to churches, they're pastors are too busy to help them. Yeah. I'm not making that up. I wish that weren't the case. When families are in crisis, it's time to stop what we're doing and be able to go tend to that crisis. That's all I'll say about that, because I want to get to the main point. 
let's think about this scene. Remember early on when I said, when I watch somebody fall asleep, and you've probably been there before, I know I have, falling asleep in a setting like that is not instant. You don't just go, you know, it's, it's a process. You know, you, you, you fight it for a while. So this, this kid, Eutychus, I, he's in a crowded room. I can only imagine that he had been doing the head bop thing for a while, and there's people standing right next to him. Why didn't someone jostle him awake? One time, my one of my favorite stories back in the day, I was speaking. It was on a Saturday evening, and we were in a room that was literally packed, standing room only. And I was doing my message, and this was at church. And below me, while I was talking, I could sense that people were laughing, like like the twenty twenty five people. I could see them, like their shoulders were were doing this thing, and. And, you know, when you're speaking, immediately what I thought of is, is my fly down, because that's what every speaker worries about. And, and, I, and I, I paused for a second, and when I paused, I heard what they were laughing about. A lady in the front row, literally sitting feet away from me, right under where I was speaking, when I paused and silent for a moment, she snored so loud and evidently, she had been snoring for quite a while. I was just talking so much that I couldn't hear it. Well, it caught me off guard. And, and there's like six or 700 people in this room, but only the people in the first five or six rows were aware of what was going on. And apparently, even though she was in a very crowded room, nobody next to her was actually with her. She was actually there all by herself. And nobody was there to nudge her awake. So she just kept, I mean, she was gone. I don't know what her day had been like. Maybe she'd been out in the sun all day. I don't know. She was gone. Now, looking back, I'm not sure that I handled this correctly, but here's what I did. Absolute truth. I had to stop because I got the giggles. I had to stop and I told the crowd, hey, everybody, I'm sorry, but there is someone down here on the front row and she is sound asleep and I, I, I can't concentrate. So, Here's what I'm going to do. And people were giggling. People are stretching around to see if they can see. And I said, look, maybe the only right thing I did in this circumstance, I said, look, I'm going to restart my message. And when I do, one of you guys next to her, can you just accidentally nudge her and see if she'll wake up? And here's what I want all of you to do. I want you to promise me right now that she will never, ever know that this moment happened. I started my message back up. A few seconds later, somebody nudged her. And she, she woke up, she did the, oh wow, I guess I'm in church thing. And to my knowledge, she never knew about what happened. But later on afterwards, when I, and, and in the years since, as I've thought about that, I thought, you know what, there's something really sad about that because in a crowded room, literally packed, much like that room was that Eutychus fell asleep, even though she was surrounded by people, she was absolutely all alone. My vision and idea that started the island in the first place was to provide a safe place for people to belong when they feel like they don't. What I really wanted to talk about on this episode is, is I want to ask you, who are those people in your life right now? Who are you surrounded by and have you surrounded yourself with people that when you fall or you're about to fall, they're close enough to see it and do something about it. Yesterday, I had the honor to do a life celebration service for a family here in town who experienced a very sudden loss after a car accident. I stood in a packed 
building yesterday. We probably shouldn't have been, but you couldn't stop it because it was probably the most age diverse group that I have been in in a long, long time because people from everywhere came to support their kids and they and adults came to support their lifelong friends. What I saw yesterday was a community come together. Last night when I was on my way home after a long day, I got a phone call from a friend of mine, uh, Mike Wolf. He's he was down in Florida on vacation, one of his whole life's a vacation, frankly. But he called me and he wanted to talk and I I didn't know why. So when I got home, I called him back. And you know why he called? The honest truth. He called to tell me that he was thankful for our friendship. We met because he was one of the people that was there every day for me when my life fell apart. Mike would call me every single day and he would basically say the same thing over and over and over. He would simply say, you're going to be okay. You know what? You're going to make it. We're going to get through this. We're going to do this together. And now, 13 years later, that's the guy that calls me on a Saturday night from Florida just to tell me that he's glad that we have this friendship. Now, I told him, you know, Mike, I, I am dating. You know, I'm involved. You know, I had to deal with some humor just to, just to quiet the moment. But, man, oh, man, was I thankful for that call. I remember one of the loneliest nights of my life. I was at a football game in Springboro, Ohio, but I was there completely alone, feeling more lonely than I had ever felt at any time in my life because I had fallen. And I was leaning against a chain link fence during that game, and I remember Bill Regano. Bill Regano saw me in the crowd, and he walked down, and you know what he did? He just leaned against the fence with me. He stayed there for the entire game. And that meant the world to me that night. This morning, I got a text from Jim McIntyre out in Colorado. He and his wife, Suzette, they were lifesavers for me back in the day, and they still are. See, what this episode is about, it's about who, who are those people for you? One of the decisions that I have made in the last several years is I would rather have a few really, really deep relationships than lots of them that are a mile wide and an inch deep. So let me close this episode on Young Uticus with a couple of things. I would love for you to share this video tonight, but I specifically would love for you to share it with the people in your life who've either been there in the past or are there now and would notice. So share it. Tag their names. Let them know that you appreciate them. And if, if that's uncomfortable to do on public Facebook, then send them a text. Let them know that you've appreciated them. You appreciate their friendship now. And if they need anything from you, you're there. And thank them that they're there whenever you need something. So that's one thing that I want to challenge you with tonight. But the last thing that I want to say is, look, you don't get any special awards for pretending like you're Superman or Superwoman. You don't get any prizes for pretending that you have it all together when you're struggling. So tonight, if you are going through a rough time, who is it that you could send a quick text to? So if you're watching this video tonight and you're struggling, you know, you're, you're feeling it. it. Life is wearing you down. You're tired. Then use this as a notification, as a little red flag to do something about it. We all have stories. There have been times that we've all fallen down. There's been times that we've all tried to get back up. And there's been times that we've needed help. So if that's you tonight, don't sit on that by yourself. 
Don't learn a lesson from young Uticus. Don't wait until you fall asleep and fall out the freaking window. Well, I'm in danger of doing exactly what Paul did and go on and on and on and on. But this was a pretty important topic tonight. So thank you for taking the time to listen. Share this. Tag some people who've been with you through thick and thin in your life. And until next time, Islanders, this is Brian signing off. Have a great week. Thanks.